0: Hi, my name's Sam Wolfson. I'm the executive editor at Vice UK and you're about to hear some things we recorded recently at the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club as part of the Vice Roadshow.
1: It's going so well.
0: How would I describe the Vice Roadshow? Well, I guess... Sort of a thing that we did. It's quite hard to say what it is. It's sort of like the Royal Variety Show, but full of hipsters. And it was weird and funny and good, and everyone kind of let their hair down and got drunk, and it was a great vibe. And you're going to hear a couple of recordings of that now. You hear me? Okay. So today we're going to hear a kind of panel that we did. It was called Drag Me, um, and it was about people who'd been dragged or sort of taken apart on social media for things that they'd said or written. So it had Simon Hill from the Peace Pledge Union, Miranda Larby from Metro, and Paris Lees, the vice journalist and trans rights campaigner. And the whole thing was hosted by Zing Sang, who is the editor of Broadly, but also has her own podcast, My First Time, which you should check out. And if anyone doesn't have a beer, feel free to come and grab one from the fridge. Oh, and thanks to Old Blue Last Beer, who put on the event with us.
1: have a panel here today who have been dragged and dragged other people themselves and we're here to talk about what exactly that feels like to put a human face to the online trolls that we hate so much. Not that you're the trolls, you're the ones who get trolled. You have been a troll, so we can talk about that. It's a very give and take situation. So first of all, we've got Miranda Larby, who's a metro journalist and her articles include having mixed race kids doesn't mean you're woke. Dear white people, you're never racially discriminated against, so shut up. Agreed. There's literally no point in being a vegan or vegetarian if you're still chuffing cocaine. Well, that's me told. So, Miranda... We have Travis Sweet here saying, Oh, you wrote brilliant. Ha-ha, clear typo. You meant laughably stupid. So when you receive responses like these on your articles, how do you feel? Do you, like, thrive off the rage?
2: They're just sort of random idiots, really. I mean, I'm sure Travis thought it was a load of shit, but generally, like, when people do uh, call you out and say, particularly about race, that you're wrong, I mean, they're just normally sort of white guys sitting on their laptops telling me I'm wrong about my own racial experience, which I think is the majority of trolls, really, are people who are exactly who you're calling out anyway. So it's sort of hitting the right target. Um, but it's, it's more when it gets a bit deeper, you know, like with that article in particular, lots of people side telling me from America they were going to come and find me in my house or whatever. And you just think, like, how oh, have you got the time to go and locate my house in East London
1: when you're in Virginia or
2: whatever, you know? It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. In a so. way, it's
1: almost kind of semi-admirable. <laughs> That they yeah, care yeah. so much. <laughs> it's true. Um, we've also got another comment, which I'm not going to read out because that is an offensive word. Um, but basically, absolutely, who gives these naive people jobs? Uh, the answer is our bosses. So the joke's on you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that, you know, when you're writing these things, are you kind of in a symbiotic relationship with the people who are dragging you? Do you kind of want them to be mad?
2: You know, I, it sounds naive, but I never know which articles are going to drop down like a sack of shit or not. Like, I never assume people are going to read them. So with that one, I mean, um, that was just, like, some random poll that I came across on the internet that's saying, like, over 50% of white Americans believe they're racially discriminated against. And I was just, like, surely the majority of people on the internet are going to think that this is just such a ludicrous uh idea but actually a lot of white people on the internet agree and they uh they're very angry about being called out on it but yeah otherwise I guess like the hate shares are shares at the end of the day so they're the things that are giving journalists you know pay rises
1: or the opportunities to go and talk about those uh topics more you know in a way you kind of want something to bang but you also kind of want people to absolutely hate it
2: yeah exactly the major the Articles that you go viral for the most are the ones
1: that people absolutely hate because that's another one which kind of like says same old, same old. I don't. I'm not going to commit a hate speech by reading some of these out loud. Um, do you think that sometimes you are going for the controversy, or do you think it's just the way that it's packaged on the internet?
2: Yeah, I think I think it's the packaging because like you can write an article and if anyone bothered to read past the headline they'd see it's actually very measured and you know what you're saying but you can put something out and your editor will go in and change the headline that that headline wasn't my headline. So if it had said, you know, something a lot more mild along the lines of my article, then I'm sure it would have got half the the traffic or engagement but You've got to draw people in sometimes, you know, or somehow people are dumb and they don't like spending a lot of time reading at all. So you've got to lure them in with something catchy, I guess.
1: And sometimes you do just want to start an article by saying, dear white people, you're wrong. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. So we've also got next to you Paris Lees, who's a journalist, a host and a trans rights campaigner. Paris, some of the tweets you received are more than just hateful. They are... Completely negating your existence by being incredibly transphobic, so
3: yeah, i didn't know that we were doing this um, i don't
1: I don't oh, want to read them out
3: yeah, I mean it's just every day isn't it you know, and it's kind of like i mean what what purpose does that serve i i it's well people just kind of use all sorts of things to justify just basically being rude, you know, and they'll bring in science and it's kind of like well a human biology isn't distinct as just being two like black and white categories male and female so actually you don't actually know what my genetic composition is and I don't because I've never been tested um and they don't even know what their own is so it's just uh, but you know it's just so stupid you know people go well you can't have x and it's actually well like, there are lots of different variations that you can have and also the hormones in your body can make certain genes be activated or, or you know so it, it's it's it, I, I prefer it when people are just sort of blatantly rude sometimes rather than kind of dressing it up as some kind of There's like some academic justification for it. Yeah, exactly. Because
1: you get tweets sometimes Mm -hmm. that are just like, you're wrong, you don't exist, fuck off. Like, yeah, there was
3: like preferable. And I, yeah, I I respect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't try and make it into some highfalutin culture war. Right. You know, Uh, just be vile.
1: But, you, but you've been you've been dragged, but you've also done a lot of dragging in your time. Have You I? Give as good Have as I... you get. Only when like... people
3: deserve it. Oh. I, think I, I think I described Julie Birchell once as the world's only um, obese coke addict. <laughs> um, <laughs> because she, she said some really nasty... Which is really impressive, and I respect yeah. that. Paris Lees is a misogynistic prick. Every article... See, the thing that I find strangest about this is that um my family except me as female you know my mum gets me cards saying you know merry christmas daughter or whatever do you do do you get daughter christmas cards i don't know if you do my mum probably gets my mum hates me so she gets really big big cards so i get really big just kidding i love you mum um, and and you know like the guys that I date accept me as female. my colleagues accept me as female, and, and we touch with, like people in shops and stuff accept me as female, and it's just like but people on the internet, I mean, you would literally think that I was um, uh, you, uh, John Travolta or like who's a really mad like like Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in um, Predator, you know? <laughs> it, it's it, it's just so bizarre to me if I didn't go on the internet. And I didn't, I, I didn't look at this stuff. Not that I do, I don't look at it. But I, I mean, I would just be quietly living. Well, don't know about quietly, but I, you know, I could just be living my life as a, as a woman. You know, touch wood, and it, and I would never encounter this. So it's, it's just really odd to me. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you don't do that if you're happy. It's like thank you for taking time off your happy and meaningful, you know, for really busy life, life to just <laughs> leave. It. And that's and I have you know occasionally if if people send me inboxes, I don't do it publicly because I don't like to feed the trolls, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I will just say, you know, um, I'm sorry you're in a bad place. You know, I hope that things improve because I just don't think happy people do that. Yeah, I know. And sometimes if you, like, put out a
1: good idea or, like, a good energy into the world, sometimes when you're just met with absolute nonsense and hate, can be really confusing.
3: Although I do have to say, so I as well, I welcome that hate because I think anybody who's doing anything good has got a lot of hate. It's like, if anything, I want more hate. I want the kind of the level of hate that Theresa May gets, or um, Owen Jones, or Madonna, or That's when you know, you know you're but doing even right. nice people. You know, someone I don't know, like Carol Vorderman, or something, has got people who hate her. So it's like, I am not being hated enough you know um (laughs) no it's not a joke like i literally when when i get more hate i know that i'm doing better so that's that's how i look at it and and i actually and i do think this stuff is serious but i think people go oh you know i've had you know these death and all the rest of it it's not very nice but it's kind of like everybody gets that if you if you and it's not right it doesn't make it right but it's you know you have you've signed a deal with the devil if you're gonna Mm. live your life really publicly i think and simon
1: hill we've we come to you, you've gotten a lot of hate for being possibly the most pacifist... Well, you are a pacifist campaigner for the Peace Pledge Union, and you started the White Poppy Movement, but that got you a lot of hate as well. Um, Um,
4: Just to say, I didn't start the White Poppy Movement. It started in 1933, Mm -hmm. and although I'm slightly older than the average age here, I don't think I I was around that. I can't tell at all.
1: You're among friends.
5: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um,
1: I'm just going to play a quick clip that kind of illustrates the kind of level of vitriol you've got in. I hope that's all right. And,
5: of course, it's everyone's right to wear whatever symbol they want to wear, as long as it doesn't insult people. I think, to an extent, this white poppy does insult people. I wouldn't deny the right to wear it. And I do think that um, it's it's a, a real travesty to try and sell these poppies in schools. It's, a, it's all about political indoctrination. Let's not make any mistake about this. It's nothing to do with remembrance of all the war dead. Even, as you rightly pointed out, what Simon Hill's campaign is about is commemorating people like the Islamic State, people who go out and carry out mass murder, torture and rape. Um, this, this is not what should be happening around Remembrance Day. Indoctrination should not be part of the the deal if they want to you have some kind of campaign do it another time don't deny those people who gave their lives for our country don't deny them their moment of remembrance and let's not forget the history of the peace pledge union which mr hill represents they were they were formed after the first world war they uh, they they took the side of the nazis in the second world war and they advocated that, that is completely absorption. untrue richard they they they, ad, they advocated the absorption of uh, France and the Low Countries, by by Germany in the 30s, they okay. were arch appeasers, and if they so they'd had their way, 30. as they okay. want to have now, we we would all be okay. living under fascist okay. rule.
1: So, in, in one video clip, he manages to link you both to ISIS, the Nazis, and fascism.
4: Oh, absolutely. And um, <laughs> I have to say, having argued against Richard Kemp so many times, what I really wanted to see was him insulting me on a very large screen. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, the um th- The odd thing about that isn't just the insult from Richard Kemp, who himself is a glorified Twitter troll, um former commander of British troops in Afghanistan the um now spends his time living on a colonel's pension and insulting people like me on Twitter. um It was after the event, going back to the office and within less than an hour of that broadcast, we had had hundreds. Of abusive messages on twitter both to me personally and to the peace pledge union
1: were you expecting to get so attacked for what is basically the most inoffensive campaign i can think of
4: uh, well i'm glad you find it inoffensive um th- the odd thing is i've campaigned on many peace issues but if you campaign on a lot of peace issues people might strongly disagree but they accept that there's they know it's a political issue Whereas people who defend the armed forces or people like Richard Kemp will say that the armed forces are not political or the red poppies are not political. And the biggest privilege you can have is to be defined as not political, which is a euphemism for you're not allowed to criticise it.
1: And it's funny because that's basically what everyone on Twitter does all the time, criticise other people.
4: Well, yeah. Um, the um, And, you know, sometimes we've got some serious criticisms, people saying... Why don't you sell them at a different time of year? Which is because it's a symbol of remembrance. That's why we don't. Um, and, but the most common response from the abusers was people saying, Shove your white poppies up your ass. And one of my favourite ones was, Shove your white poppies up your ass and sell them at a different time of year. Which, <laughs> after having extracted them from my ass, presumably. <laughs> You're going to have to
1: schedule that in. I mean, it well, sounds yeah. like a very arduous task.
4: I, I, indeed. And I even got. Um, some people Googled me, found out I was bisexual and made comments about how I'd like things up my arse, which I really don't, especially not poppies.
1: I mean, I'd like to open this up to the floor, actually, to, like, the other panellists. Yeah. To basically ask, do you think that, you know, women and minorities get a harder deal online? Because you just talked about being targeted because you're bisexual.
4: Yeah, but I, I'm very well aware that if... Um, if I were female, I would probably have got a lot more personal abuse. I mean, there were some comments calling me ugly, but not many. Very few comments about my appearance, whereas I suspect women um, get a lot more of that sort of misogynistic focus on on the way they look or supposedly look. What do you think, Paris?
3: Uh, yeah, well, I, I was chatting to Natasha Devon about this because uh, she's had rape and death threats recently, which you know just isn't shocking really is it in 2017 but she just gets a lot of people um you know calling her ugly and and kind of going for her appearance and I think it's because people assume that that's a good way to upset a woman but I mean I think she's gorgeous and it just went extraordinary and I think that oftentimes the abuse just doesn't bear any relate doesn't mean anything you know it's not actually it's not even based on anything and so I often look at this abuse, and I'm just like, there are things that you could actually really say that would upset me, you know? And it's kind of like, you're just sending me really shit abuse. I want better abuse, you know? (laughs) Improve Um, your abuse. Yeah, like, like, in the old days, people would actually sit and write a letter in green ink. And it's like, frankly... I think you should go to a bit more fucking effort, research me, find out what my insecurities are, I'm really, send me something that's going to land, and it's going to keep me up at night, do you know what I mean, but do I think women get more, yeah, of course, to the extent that, I mean, I know so many female journalists that um, won't go on TV because they just don't want to be abused about their appearance. You know, I generally get my makeup done if I'm going to be on television or something because it's just a given, as particularly as a trans woman, you know, that you're going to be scrutinized and, and told that you look a certain way. I mean, obviously I look fantastic, but you know. Agreed. <laughs> Miranda, have you ever ever avoided
1: TV?
2: No, but then I just look the same, whatever happens. So I've still Consistency got frizzy. whatever happens. But I would say that like obviously women do get much more but also obviously if you're of a different race that is like the first thing people go for it doesn't matter what you write I've been called a half-blood cunt more times in the last year than I have in my entire life but there's only a certain number of times you can be called one before it starts to just you know be nothing so I think I'd be more affected if someone started commenting on my appearance than if they started racially abusing me because it's just water off the duck's back Mm -hmm i think it's probably the same with anyone who's yeah. like you probably yeah,
3: that you know if somebody said that in real life i'd find that really shocking but yeah. just seeing that on the internet it just means nothing and i don't know where that leaves us actually where this is this is normal now for people to make yeah. d- would you be surprised if somebody threatened to rape you on the internet I, I, no, no. I, I wouldn't be shocked. And I and I, I don't know where, where, what's the next stage after that. Because we're just... Descend- I mean, I remember it used to be shocking if somebody, you know, was called a hypocrite in public life. And it was like... That was like the worst thing that you could say. Like, oh, you know, yeah. oh, they've been shown up to be a hypocrite. Be a hypocrite. But, <laughs> but But now it just feels like literally anything... Go- you know, people just being accused of... You know, he was essentially um, implying that... Uh, you were uh, yeah, a Nazi. And I think, was it, was he saying about, um, he was saying that they, they were rapists or something? So he was I essentially yeah. kind of linking you with those things. And when I wrote my cat calls piece of ice, just saying that. I don't mind the odd cat call if it's, you know, in context, you know, if you're an Ibiza kind of thing. And I interviewed a number of different women for the, for the uh, article, including my mum and my sister, and said, how do you feel about cat... You know, can we be honest? Is it always harassment? How do you-? Sometimes is it flattering? And then still people now tweet me about it and say um, that I was legitimising rape culture which was really upsetting to me at the time. I just see people say things like that now, and I'm just like, you're fucking insane. Yeah. You know, you're demented. And I don't think people do take it as seriously as, as, as they may have done a few years ago.
1: Do you wish that people were nicer? Do you think that when you start getting the online hate rolling in, you think, I've really hit a nerve now, I've done something really good? I feel like, Miranda, you must feel like that sometimes. Because <laughs> I well, do
2: sometimes. I, I don't go out my way to antagonise people per se, but I think it takes a lot more effort to reach out to someone to see something nice than it does, like, it's a natural thing to, to make your bad feelings known, right? So mm-hmm. 99% of the comments you'll get are going to be like, you're fucking shit, this is awful. And then someone will email you and be like, that changed my life. Or, like, I can't believe someone else has thought the same thing as me. Or, like, with my vegans and cocaine article, a lot of vegans said they'd stop taking cocaine, So (laughs) they were shocked that cocaine was bad for the environment.
1: Can I just say, if you ever write anything about vegans, oh, my God, the vegans will come for you. They will send for you. And
2: I am a vegan,
1: but I'm a
2: hated vegan within the
1: vegan community. You're a vegan pariah. Exactly. So I also wanted to talk about people who get dragged without intentionally doing anything to provoke (laughs) it. And, of course, this is Hattie Douglas. (laughs) She famously Instagrammed a picture of... A bunch of builders in McDonald's saying, these guys look like they got one GCSE, and let me tell you, the internet went for her. <laughs> so when it comes to people like this, who have done pretty odious things on social media, do you think that, in a way, social media was meant to drag people like this, or do you think it all went a little bit too far?
4: Thank you. Um, I-, I remember when um, this happened not long ago, and I felt really really disgusted. Someone, someone from a working class background, went to a posh university, just heard comments like this all the time. Um, although I gather that um, the, her, she herself comes from a working class background, so I don't know what was going on there with her comment. But I don't really have that much sympathy for her, but at the same time, you know, don't waste your time sending her abuse on social media. Get out and fight capitalism. <laughs>
3: That's the first sensible
1: thing anyone said all night.
3: (laughs) I, I, I don't know really because it's like with the editor of Gay Times did everybody see that? Yeah. Um, and I just didn't comment on that because I just thought it just it made me really sad because I, I was actually really excited about the direction that he was going to take the magazine in um, as a, a young black gay man so and then all his, these awful tweets yeah. surfaced where he'd um, I mean it was really bad. He you was know, really like, mean to people. Like just really that. really and, and I and I did kind of think like oh you know but we all say horrible things don't we? You you know, occasionally, or we have done over the years kind of thing. And I thought, no, I literally never tweeted because i went through my twitter i thought have i got anything and i put in some kind of key words and it's no i've never joked about jews having big noses or somebody calling somebody's kids retod or something and it's kind of like i i i I do think that it's it's fair game and you know i think that people should be forgiven i don't think that they should be written off forever but it's like you know if if you put horrible things out there and you try and humiliate people then you know it's going to come back on you and that's fair enough
2: well i th- i think that's exactly the thing that <clears throat> with uh this girl and like you know, the Labour students keep coming up for mm-hmm. having been anti Semitic or misogynistic or whatever, back in the day when they were like sixteen and on Facebook for the first time. And you think, everyone says, Oh, you know, they're so young and social media is like this sort of web where young people get caught out. You think, I've never I've never done those things when I was I was not a racist before I turned eighteen. <laughs> yeah. We
1: are welcome. <laughs> it's base. not
2: something that you just turn up one day and be like, oh actually, I I rescind my views on whatever. So, I, they're idiots, and they don't deserve to be on social media. I mean, if you could have, like, an intelligence test, to go on social media it would be a lot better, but you can't. So, they should just be hung out to dry, really, and then it might make other people less
1: uh, open to it. So, the panel says, no sympathy for Hattie Douglas. Sorry, Hattie, you're still cancelled. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think that's a bit of a generalisation of what we OK. Seen.
1: So, I just wanted to wrap up this panel to introduce the next person, but before we do that... I want all of you to tell me how I should prepare myself for when the turn comes and the bell tolls for me and I inevitably get dragged. What is your advice? Should I just turn off Twitter? Should I go for the haters? Like, what should I do or any of us do if it is our turn to get dragged on social media?
2: I would say go off Twitter for a while and then when the notifications go above 100, you can press on them with your eyes closed and then it will get rid of the list. And make your Instagram private. That is a a big rookie error that I made.
3: I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Um, Just don't, I I just think you have to, I I just, for me, I I used to sit and read it and get really upset. And it's just, you just have to just disconnect it from you because it's got nothing to do with you, unless you've done something really awful, in which case you deserve it and I'll be joining in. So, note to self.
4: I used to find it quite easy to deal with. When I was writing a lot about sexuality and being public as a queer Christian and I was getting things then, it didn't it didn't affect me. This is the first time it's really, really affected me with all the hundreds of messages following that interview. And um, what I'd say is actually don't spend too much time reading it because I felt obliged to sit there reading through all of it and a lot of it was to us as an organisation so we, we had a dividing up between us and you know if you can get a friend to read the messages for you let you know which ones you actually need to respond to ignore the rest and you can do it for them when they need the same thing
3: yeah and see if there's any good burns in there that you can use later as well frankly <laughs> learn from the best
1: going so well.
0: So there you go. Thanks very much to Zing and Fred for hosting and to Old Blue Last Beer for supporting. This was produced by Sam Bonham. See you next time.